Welcome to Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Now, here's your host, Johnny Radio himself, John Harden. When you hear the sound of coming, hear the drums drumming, I want you to join. Welcome into a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. I got Brian Dacus in the hizzy. And we got a very, very busy Thursday. It's a thirsty Thursday in the Mid-South. And if it's Thursday, it's November. You know what we got. We got NFL action with the Titans at the Steelers. You can catch all that action right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Pre-game beginning at 7 o'clock. But, man, we got so much to get into. Um, if you were watching, and I hope you were, the World Series is over. The Texas Rangers have finally won a World Series. The best memories you think of when you thought of the Rangers before this year. Um, when you think of the Rangers, you probably thought Vlad, um, Pudge, Nolan Ryan, maybe Vlad. You're most like probably memorable, rememberable moment, maybe Josh Hamilton doing some stuff in an All Star game as a Ranger, or Nolan Ryan beating uh, up Robin Ventura. Me. Josh Hamilton hit four home runs in a single game. Please, miss oh me no, with no, no. All Star game. He stuff. also put on a, what I'm saying is a laser show at the home run. I'm, I'm I'm disrespecting the Rangers for a reason because this is a team that was mired in losing and failing and not having postseason success and not spending money on players. The Rangers. Really Realistically, are kind of like the Clippers in the NBA. If the Clippers won a title, wouldn't you be a little freaked out? The Rangers were like were, were that same thing, but as for baseball, and it's just crazy. Two years removed from losing a hundred and two games, my man Chris Young, who's the general manager, went to Princeton, pitched in the bigs for ten years. Went out there and got all the pieces together, started stewing the brew, got the right pieces, and then he called Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy, who now has four four rings. He's coached four teams to World Series titles. He was sitting on the couch for three years in Nashville just chilling until Chris Young gave him a call. And if you watched the game last night and you saw the ending of it, just listening to Bruce Bochy... You understand why that guy is so successful. I mean, he basically was talking about how blessed he was, how lucky he was, how great this team is. And the thing about Bruce Bochy and Chris Young is Chris Young allowed Bruce Bochy to coach. That means watch the game, have feel. A lot of general managers come in there and they have a plan that comes from the GM down to the coach. We're going to pitch this guy this many innings. We're going to do a rotation game. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. No, man, Chris Young, he got the pieces and said, Bruce, you go be the, you go be the chef, put them together and make the stew. And, uh, they are World Series championship, World Series champions. And you got to give Corey Seager some mad, mad props. Do you know how many players in MLB history have won two World Series MVPs? Dacus, do you know this answer? It's 
three, I think, two or three. Well, there's now four because four. Corey Seager is the fourth. You had Bob Gibson, Sandy Koufax, Reggie Jackson, and now Corey Seager. He won the MVP with the Dodgers back in 2020. Now he just wins it with the Texas Rangers. And last night's game, um, it was awesome. But again, big tip of the cap. The Rangers, who got in on the wild card, who lost the last game of the year to Seattle to win the division. You remember that, don't you? I do. Which, instead of them having like like hosting the games, which is a good thing because they were better on the road, they did not lose a road game during the entire series. They had to go down to Tampa and just they put everything behind them and they started kicking people's teeth in. And uh, now they're World Series MVPs. They lost Max Scherzer. They lost uh, Adolis Garcia. No Adolis Garcia, no problem. Again, Travis Jankowski came in. You saw what Garver did. Bruce Bochy's lineup, he went with his gut, and it paid off. Zach Gallen, though, got into the seventh inning, started the seventh inning, had a no-hitter. Corey Seager goes oppo down the third baseline when the third baseman was pulled off, single how you like me now? Garver right back up the middle. And uh, they got that first and very important run. And then what they did later, and you know, that was just absolute crazy. Um, and Marcus Simeon basically put the cherry on top with that blast. Paul Seawald in the ninth inning just couldn't get a Rangers hitter, hitter out. I mean, he, did, he, he could not get anybody out. It was uh, – it was an interesting baseball game, to say the least. It was a lot of fun. Again, Zach Gallen went out there and pitched his tail off. But damn, the Diamondbacks, what was it, 10 runners in scoring position? So a lot. And they were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position at the plate. It's not a good arrest. That was uh, most of the most of the series with the Diamondbacks, Well, the last two games especially. Well, the, well yeah, last game though they they came on late, but man, yeah, early in that ball game, the other night when the Rangers went up big, but again, Arizona in those first few innings, you felt like they were about to pop. They had a Valdi on the ropes. I mean, they had my man on the ropes. He Valdi gave up five walks. Do you realize that? Four hits and five walks, only pitched it was five innings. Right? Did he five throw six, five I, or six? I can tell you, John. I can look it up for you. I can't remember when he came out the game. He either pitched five or six innings, but I know he gave up five walks, four hits, but somehow zero runs. Like, it was crazy. You saw the bases juice the whole night, and then he would get get slit, get that spinner out, and uh, just kept hitters off all night. And the Texas Rangers, I don't believe, made an error in the entire World Series. I know through the first three games. Um, Shoot, the first air was Christian Walker in game number four. Right, I was about to say. And then there was only one other air, and that was last night. My little homie Thomas in center field. I felt just bad I for love the kid. Alec Thomas. Um, you had to feel bad for him. Oh, of course. I'm like, a big fan of him. Right there, I mean, dude's got speed, speed mm-hmm. to burn, and he's a damn good outfielder. It's crazy to see him. He just took his eye up, looking looking ahead before he got the ball in the glove, went a little too far past, and that jump rolled to the wall. Corbin Carroll had to get on his horse to go get that bad boy. It was um, it was a heck of a series, and it's a great story for the Arizona Diamondbacks. We talk about the Rangers. The Diamondbacks have won a World Series. Remember they beat the Yankees? You had uh, Gonzo, uh, Gonzo hit the ball off Mariota Rivera. 
up the middle. Six innings for old Nathaniel. Damn, he threw six innings, had nine runners on base, and five didn't give up a damn game. run. Came up, came up huge. Them big ears helped him out when he sure needed did. it. Man got aerodynamic. And again, Bruce Bochy. Do you like like talking about coaching instead of going with the plan? Josh Boers, did you see the the guy who pitched the last two innings? I, I mean, what I could, yeah. Okay, well, do you know that in the regular season his ERA was five point five and he was terrible. He came in early. Good for him. Just an extra arm. Good for him. When he was in Tampa, gave up a walk, gave up a hit, and then went out there and since that point was on point. And again, you go with the, with your gut here. Bruce Bochy didn't even have to go to Leclerc. He said, my man Josh has been pitching out of his out of his mind. In the postseason, my man threw 10 innings. No, 12 innings. I pulled it up. I, I thought it was 10 innings. He threw 12 innings, only gave up four hits, one run, four walks to 13 Ks. My man was ice, and they needed that because one of the biggest weaknesses, the glaring weakness, was the Texas Rangers bullpen. But, man, that's what Bruce Bochy does. He sees somebody, hey, he might not have been good all season, but, damn it, he's found something. He's hot, and I'm going to go with the kid. And he was that. He went out there and gave him just amazing innings. And another thing that's crazy, who's had a better three years than Will Smith? Good question. Do you know who Will Smith is? I'm not talking about the dude that Chris Rock slapped. No, wait, that slapped Chris Rock. I said that backwards. Sometimes I'm dyslexic, okay? The edibles kick in a little bit earlier today. Sorry about that. I woke up a little earlier than normal. (laughs) By the way, they're so delicious. They're so delicious. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying because I started thinking about Will Smith, the baseball player. Oh, yeah, Will Smith, the baseball player. Not the the dude that slapped. Right. Oh, yeah, he was – he did the – Na 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 na. What is that song? Na 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 na. Is he? Is that the get jiggy with it? Yes. That's probably like the lamest rap in the history of the world, dude. Do you like? You remember the racial draft on Chappelle show? I bet if we did that today, they would have got rid of Will Smith. You're, you never know. Maybe. I think that. I remember the Tiger Woods. <laughs> that was such a good show back in the day. But Will Smith, the last three years. He's gotten three World Series rings. Did you know that? Good for him. Dude, if I'm somebody right now, I want Will Smith on my team next year. Dude is in Fuego. He won with the Astros, the Braves, and now the Rangers. The last time the Rangers... That's three consecutive teams, three consecutive World Series rings. Pretty dope. Go ahead, what? The last time the Rangers recorded an error in a game was October 20th. Damn, that's yeah. playing some ball right sure there. Is. Didn't commit an error in any of the games in the World Series, and the and then the last two games versus Houston, they didn't. That is it. that is playing great baseball. For the last seven games. Big tip of the cap, man. I love me. Uh, I, I have to say, I, I loved watching the World Series. I'm glad the Rangers got it. Bruce Bochy's uh, straight up nails. Um, but, you know, watch the Arizona Diamondbacks again, another team that lost just two years ago, 100 games. Uh, they've completely changed their organization. Uh, they got some very young talent, Carol Marte, uh, Moreno, their catcher. I like him. Walker's 
that guy Tommy Pham looks good over in that Diamondbacks uniform, doesn't he? Sure does. Only person that actually hit better than Corey Seager in the World Series, did you know, was Tommy Pham? Really? I believe that was going into last night. Seager may have passed him statistically, but going into yesterday, that was one of the things that was like the OP, uh, OPS was one one was one point oh six and one was one point oh two or something. But anyway, just uh, baseball is bad ass, and now it's over. Now it's time to focus until on spring. Until spring, but now it's time to focus on the NBA. And if you're a Memphis fan, that's going to be really hard for you. Like, no Ja, no Steven, no Brandon Clark, no Santi, no wins. Not a damn win, mate. Like, everybody in the NBA has got a win but the Grizzlies. You know that? Every team in the NBA has a win. Except for the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, come on now. Come on now. I mean, they do have two against Portland. Like, thank goodness. Friday and Sunday they play Portland. And, you know, there's no Dame time in Portland. And But you know what Portland does have that the Grizzlies don't? They beat the, a win. Jeff. Two wins. Yeah. They got two wins, and man. They beat the Showtime Pistons last night. Man, uh, Jalen Duran's going to be a baller, isn't he? Yeah, if he was playing last night, I think different game. Um, I do too, but have, have you heard all the, the amazing praise coming out? Oh, yeah, he's on my fantasy team. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Like, is he really going to be, like, is this going to be a year that he bust out all over people? <laughs> Hope so. I mean, it's looking good so far. Where it was, through how many games he's played? Three? I mean, it's looking good. Man, dude, they got, like, singing the praises of former Tiger. Um, but yeah, Memphis Grizzlies, no wins. And, um, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Tough, tough, tough start. By the way, uh, LeBron James and the Lakers also got a big win. I didn't realize this. Did you know that's the first time they beat the Clippers in their last 12 tries? Really? They lost 11 consecutive games going into last night, and it still took overtime. And LeBron, who says he's not going to play a lot of minutes this year, man played 42 last night. Well, I guess if you need him, you got to go, you know. Man, can you tell them young bucks to, like, step it up? Pick it up. Come on, man. Yeah, Kick it job. up a notch. Damn. I mean, my kinfolk wasn't even playing for the Clippers last night, and they still, like, was right there. How's this going to work when they get James? Uh, I guess that's the million-dollar question. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But uh, that's the NBA, and we're going to talk a lot of NBA today because, you know, Isaac Simpson comes on at 1130. So in about 12 minutes, we're going to talk with Isaac Simpson. We're going to talk about the Grizz. We're also going to talk about the Memphis Tigers, Penny's team, and we're going to talk about basically a little this and that. And you know he's going to talk something about the Cowboys because he loves the Cowboys. we got to play the Eagles this week. Tough game. we got also a ton of uh, football talk, especially the Ole Miss style of football. Yes, uh, Evie Van Pelt at 12 o'clock today. We are going to be talking um, a little this, a little that, and a whole lot of football. They play Texas A&M. 11 o'clock game. These 11 o'clock games are difficult for me. Because, you know, um, when you go to the Grove, you have to do a little eating and a little drinking and a little socializing. And if you're doing a little eating and a little drinking and a little socializing at 8.30 in the morning... That makes for one long Saturday. So that means you have to be good on Friday. You have to be real, real good on Friday. And that just that makes life difficult. But the one thing you also have to make sure of 
is he got you outfit when you're ready to go down to the Grove. Go to Frontier Western Store, 5880 Goodman Road. It's down in Olive Branch. You head on down there, you can get literally everything because they have a ladies' boutique. They got your girl covered. You got children. They got a kid's department. They also have a men's section, of course. They got all the jeans, the fall fashions, and the most important thing is they have the largest boot showroom in the world. And it's you can see it from outer space and the little horsey out front as well. You go in there, you can get boots for anybody. Western boots, work boots, dress boots, cowboy boots, you name it, they got it. At Frontier Western Store. Now, busy, busy show. Today, also, we have some great Hardenwood stories. I'm fired up. I'm very fired up. In fact, there's a dart player with the greatest nickname in the history of the world. And I cannot wait to tell you this man's nickname. And by the way, Paige Spreenak has addressed all the questions, finally sat down and answered are her boobs real or fake? She sat down with a little Q&A the other day. And, of course, that was the hot topic on everybody's mind. You know who Paige is, right? Oh, yeah. But I, I didn't know that she had answered all these questions. So that's great. Well, we I could guess. take a poll. 901-360-8255. Do you think they're real or fake? Well, she answered them. So we have – Well, we I mean I know the answers. <laughs> but you want to know what other people think. I mean what do we got to give away around here? I don't know. Where's my little package of stuff? Person who gets it right. No, no. We'll, we'll do something. I'll give something away. But we'll, we'll be talking about Paige. Old Paige. Are they real or are they not? And then I had to like uh, have a little bit of sad news, though. Did you hear that Bob Knight died? I did. Very sad. Is it? Oh, yeah. I think it's very sad. But he's equally revered and he's equally reviled. He's a very complicated man. Um, very but aren't we all, career. man? Mm, yes, but maybe some a little He's more just others. a man. Remember, that's all he was. But he very was true. one hell of a coach. Very profound statement by you, John. I don't know if you realize this. Three natties. Five 76 undefeated team. Undefeated. 32-0. and 0. By the way, also um, Olympic gold with Michael M.J., uh, yeah, was the only uh, or last coach to lead a team of uh, college players to a uh, Olympic gold medal. By the way, also the greatest scout ever because do you know he's the one who made the great s- statement? Um, Michael Jordan will be the best player ever to play coming out of college. Portland said, we need a center. Yep. We already got Clyde Drexler. And he said, we'll play him at center. <laughs> I mean, like, dude. Get MJ. That's right. Told everybody to take MJ. He's gonna be. He was the first. People weren't saying that back then. They were. They knew he was good. Right. But he said he was the most um, skilled, athletic, competitive person he'd ever met, and he would be the greatest NBA player. Actually, turned out that Bob Knight was right. Now he did choke Neil Reed. And through. But damn it, haven't you ever want to put hands on somebody before? Because I know I have. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I don't think you can do that as a coach, though. Well, well I mean, back then it was a little different, man. Well, obviously it I wasn't because today he got fired Bob's for not, it. Today's Bob, you know, yeah, right. Yeah, I know. But today's style of coaching on, like for Bob Knight would not work. And I think that's kind of sad in some situations. I think every person needs – there's different strokes for different folks. I needed to be coached hard because I was just a bad-natured type of person. And if you didn't whip me in line, you weren't going to get the best out of me because my mind was always wandering. 
But sometimes you got to like, you know what I'm saying? Choke somebody out. You got to choke them out, man. Just like, so. yo, are you paying attention, homie? Do your job. But Bob Knight, man, um, shoot, was he sixth all-time in wins? But when he left the game, he was first. What is he in wins? I, I thought you know all these stats. You're the you're the guy. Um, he's uh, like 70% win percentage. Um Five Final Fours, three national championships. I'm sorry. I think it was actually uh, headbutting a freshman that got him fired, not choking a player. Oh out. yeah, so yeah, it was headbutting a, a freshman. Different. Yeah, yeah. But um, choking um, Neil Reed yeah. was cool. I mean, like it's not cool now because I don't think he's with us anymore. Uh, Bob Knight certainly isn't. I don't know. No, Neil, Neil Reed. Reed. Yeah, I think he passed um, young. Yeah, I don't know. It they was like a, really like sad him. stuff. But um, yeah, Bob Knight, coach. By the way, think about it. Coach K, he coached Coach K at West Point. He did. Look, who has the most and wins? He was uh, his he, mentor. He was uh, the head coach at West Point like three months after he graduated. It was it was incredible. Wait, wait, wait! I didn't know this. So Bob Knight yeah, became like the coach. Something like that. Yeah. Three months. It's like so he was basically I'm sure I heard that this morning, yeah. almost the same age as the kids uh-huh. he was coaching. Yeah, because if you see the picture of him with uh, with Coach K, they, they look like they, same they, age. They look like their teammates, and he was the coach. Yeah. Damn, it's imp- that's impressive as well. That is impressive. Man, there was that, you know, Coach Valvano, when he was coaching like a, a very young team, he was very young coach when he got into coaching. And there's that always that story that he says that he repeated uh, that, you know, he was going to do the Vince Lombardi speech, and but he was just going to throw his team's name in there. And, he's, and then it ended up with him going out with saying something like, and, and we're going to go beat the Chicago Bears or something to that, that effect, but – Coaching young like that, yeah, you don't Bob, see that much as that Bob much Knight anymore. Started coaching at twenty one. In twenty one, uh, yeah, but that was that was as a high school coach. I don't know when he started coaching uh, college. Let's see. Still impressive. Still impressive. Yeah. So it's three years after he after so he finished playing at Ohio State in sixty two. He became the head coach at Army in sixty five. So three years after, three years removed from. from uh, from college, he started. He was the head coach at Army. That's incredible. Well, we got crazy bets coming up later on in the program. At the end, I got Hardwood because it feels so good. We're talking Ole Miss Rebels with Evie Van Pelt. But on the other side, it's time to talk with Isaac he, Simpson. You wanted to know his win percentage? Yes. He was nine hundred two and three hundred seventy one. So a seventy point nine. Damn. Win you know, incredible. if you're if you're if you're doing that in Vegas, man, you're making a nice little <laughs> clip. Yeah, and people are making good money off of them, I guess. Damn, damn. Well, Bob Knight, rest in peace. Again, on the other side, though, we're switching gears. we got to talk about them Grizzlies who are 0-5. we got to talk about them Memphis Tigers who are getting ready to tip things up. And uh, also a little bit of football. Cowboys, Eagles, Isaac Simpson's next, Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Here once again is Johnny Radio. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke, he's so mad, but he won't give up daddies. He know he won't have it. He knows his whole backs to these ropes. It don't matter. He's dope. He Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio. I got 
Dacus in the house. I got Johnny Hill over there, but right now it's 1130 on a Thursday Thursday. You know what that means. We're talking with Isaac Simpson. Isaac's excited about some things, probably depressed about others. I'm sure he's a little broken up, broken up about Bob Knight passing. I'm sure he's broken up that the Grizzlies can't get a win. But I know he's excited about the Cowboys playing the Eagles. I know he's excited that Dak looked real damn good last time he was out. And I know he's excited about these Memphis Tigers. Isaac, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, Don. How are you? Man, I'm hanging in there. Can't complain. Baseball's over. Shed a tear. But it was a hell of a World Series. I thought the playoffs were great. And it's kind of nice to see a team like that was forever losers and never won one finally get one. Yeah, man, it was a, a tremendous playoff. Uh, a lot of parity. I don't think it went any even close to how anybody expected it to go. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, that creates excitement. Definitely not a lot of talk uh, in, in this baseball playoff this season. And, and I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed the run that a young team like Arizona, uh, not a team that you expected coming in to to make it as far as they did. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I I really enjoyed it, man. It's nice to see. Texas Rangers, a team like you said, man, that that struggled for a long time, uh, get to the promised land, man, and, and get all the way and win it. Man, they lost 102 games just two seasons ago. It's just it, it's wild to think where they are today. You got to tip the cap to Chris Young, the GM, for uh, grabbing the pieces, going out there and get Corey Seager from the Dodgers after he won the MVP. But the biggest decision, I think, the best decision he made was going out there and getting Bruce Bochy. I can't believe this dude was sitting on his couch for three years in Nashville, and you know, out of the blue, gets a call: "Hey, you want to coach uh, the Rangers?" Hell yeah, I've been kind of bored. Um, and look where he's back. Fourth World Series ring. But, man, I got to get to the Grizzlies. We talk about Bruce Bochy winning four World Series ring. Grizzlies can't win one damn basketball game. Only team in the NBA that still doesn't have a win. 0-5. Is it just as simple as no Stephen Young, no Ja, no Santi, no BC? Or, um, or, 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 or is there something else? Yeah, man. I, there, there are two ways to, to look at this. Um, the positive side is, the team is going to be fine. Uh, I mean, they're, they're 0-5 right now, and as you said, it's just, at this point, it's, it's as simple as having no Steven Adams, obviously no John Moret, no Brandon Clark, no Sandy Aldama, basically no Luke Kennard, now no Derrick Rose for a week. So they're just oh, yeah, that's right. dec- yeah, they're just decimated with injuries right now, and any team in that position, they're, they're going to struggle winning basketball games. Um, so like I said, man, I, I think they're going to be fine. You're going to get Don back. Sandy's going to on the way back here soon. Um, you got Bismack Biombo in the house now. He's going to be here. Um, I, I think they might make a move uh, somewhere down the line. So I think this team is going to be fine. They will make the playoffs. Uh, but for me, I think I no longer – Like are we looking play-in game? Yeah, like I, I don't have any real expectations uh, for this team anymore this season other than making the playoffs. I think not getting into the playoffs would be a, would be a disaster. But once Stephen Adams went down, we know how much Stephen Adams means to his team as far as his rebounding, his playmaking, uh, the screen setting for, for Ja opening those lanes up. He just opens up everything for the entire team. Once you lose him, and, and we saw how how much that affected him in the playoffs last year, I, I don't have any expectations that this season is going to turn into them being a championship team or even – Really, really competing for a championship. I think. I think if you still have those expectations, barring them going out and making a significant move to bring in a couple of significant pieces, 
that can have the same type of impact that Stephen Adams has on his team. You just look around the West, man. It's an arms race, and I just feel like they're behind right now. Um, you got your your star player. He's going to miss 20 more games, so 25 in total. It's going to take him a while to get wrapped up. Um, I think the front office has, has made some mistakes as far as depth. Uh, concern. I kind of foreshadowed those, and I think it's kind of played out exactly the way I said it would. I think that's partly, <coughs> excuse me, the reason why they're in the position that they're in right now. I think they would be struggling, but I think they could be in a better position as far as some of the depth and some of the bench pieces they have. Uh, some of those guys they drafted, they just missed on. Um, and I think it was obvious at the time that they were missing on the guys, and it just is what it is right now. Uh, but this team is going to make, I believe they'll make the playoffs, whether that's a play-in type situation, because I think looking at what, what's happening right now, I think that's possible. Uh, because if West is not going to wait on, on you, and you, you got 20 more games without John, even when he comes back, there's, there's likely to be a, a period of time where he has to knock out some rust. So you're going to be pretty pretty significantly behind. So getting into the play-in, I think that's a possibility. But I, I don't see a scenario where they drop out of the playoffs. I just think unless they go out and, and make a major move, I don't think this is going to be a championship year, and I hate that because prior to the Stephen Adams news, I had designs that this team could definitely compete with a title for a title this year. Bringing in veterans like Marcus Martin, Derrick Rose, who I think would be tremendous for the locker room, getting Stephen Adams back, um, and having him and Trip doing their thing, I, this was setting up to be a a really good season, um, and, and, and a, a season where I thought that as long as they got into the playoffs, they would have opportunity to win a title despite what would happen early in the season. But at this point, I think the negative side of this is this not that it's a wasted season because I don't think you making the playoffs, I still think that has some value. But I have a hard time seeing this team with everything that they're dealing with, that they're able to, to put all this stuff in a pot and, and, and make it come out as a championship team or a championship contender team. I, I, I just don't see that being the result at the end of this season. Speaking of you, you know, talking about like if like what could have been, you know, if you had you know Aquaman, Trip, you know, Bane, Smart, Jai in there, like that's a one hell of a starting five that would have had also a deep bench. Um, of course, things aren't like that right now, um, but they did make one move, and I'm wondering is Bismack Biombo. Uh, what do you think the impact he's going to have on this Grizzlies team when they get him uh, inserted in there and start playing some minutes? Man, he, he's definitely going to help uh, because I think if you watch Xavier Tillman, it looked pretty good those first couple of games, but it, it's clear that getting he's getting worn out. Being, yeah, he's getting he's being overused. You can tell he, he's gassed. I, I think Tripp, I think his game is being affected by them not having any depth in the front court, so he's definitely going to help. I mean, he's a, a veteran. Uh, he can he can block shots. Uh, he, he rebounds. Uh, he, there's more fouls. There's another body to have in that front court rotation. I think it's going to do wonders for this team because they just need somebody with a pulse, somebody else that they can play at that position. So I definitely think he'll help. Um, I don't think he is a long-term answer. Like, I don't think he no, puts they just back gotta, in the same position. He's only signed a yeah. one-year deal, didn't he? Yeah, and it's not even – it's not it's one million, it's one million guaranteed, uh, five million total. I think that the situation is likely if, 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 he, if he stays on the team for the entirety of the season, it'll be for $5 million. Mm-hmm. If they waive him after the 20 games when John returns, he'll just get the – yeah, he'll just get a million dollars. So I, I think they end up keeping him because they're just so thin. They got to have somebody unless he comes in and just sticks it up. I think he'll be the guy. If not, I guess they they probably let him go and pick somebody else up uh, after the twenty games. You got to have somebody uh, there. But I, I I do think he's going to help. 
Um, and, I, and I think the team, like I said, they're going to get get this figured out, man. New pieces, you're getting job back. They're going to they're win basketball games, and they're going to be a playoff team. I, I just don't think without Steven Adams and just some of the adversities they're facing this year that this is going to be the year where they break through and, and win a title. Maybe that was the case before, but I, I think it's even before all of this. But I definitely think it's the case now. Now I got to ask, and again, I know that they're missing pieces, but right now, through five games, I don't think I've ever seen a team that's worse at de- you know defending the three point line in the perimeter. It is oh, yeah. they are. I mean, if you you might suck at shooting threes, but you're going to shoot them for the against the Grizzlies because you're going to be wide open. Yeah, and, that, and that's another thing that that worries me. We've seen this year in and year out that this team continues to overhelp um, and leave guys open for threes. And you have people ask the question, they're like, why, why are teams, the teams always getting so hot uh, against the Grizzlies? It's not that they're getting hot. It's like you're giving them a 1,000 feet to shoot these shots. They don't, they don't guard the perimeter. And it doesn't make any sense because you have a guy on that back line like Darren Jackson Jr. that can do what he does defensively. It doesn't make any sense for all these guys to be overhelped. And that's a scheme coaching issue. And I'm starting to have real questions mm-hmm. about – Taylor Jenkins long term because a lot of this stuff we've seen time and time again and I understand that he's working with a shorthead roster and things are tough right now but a lot of these things are things that are going on all the time they've just been matched by John Morant I mean you just you have a guy like John Moreno out there and, and when things break down you give him the basketball and say John go get a bucket and that's what happens and, and they say they end up winning games but these really aren't new issues with Taylor Jenkins they've just been matched and now they're unmatched because of the situation they're in but these have always been problems of his. And he talked this offseason about him doing reflection and reflecting on himself and things he needs to improve on. So far this season, that hasn't been something that he's improved on. And I think that's one of his biggest issues. And also on top of being robotic in, in rotations and just kind of managing game script. I mean, he, he has a problem with that as well. He doesn't adjust well. And then when he does adjust, a lot of times it's too late. And it's also just – it's weird. It's like, um, you know, whenever the Grizzlies play somebody, it seems like they go out there and do the same thing. Like they'll try to make an unproven shooter beat them that night. But, again, when these are guys are pros and you leave them wide open, like, I mean, Derrick Jones Jr. the other night. Yeah. I mean, you just got dudes – I mean, if you're wide open in the NBA, and I mean wide NBA open. Player. They're going to make. They're going to knock down that shot, and that's the, that's the thing is is like they keep going to the same damn well, and it's not working. I hope TJ can like he needs to make a move. Yeah, we we New saw it last year. Philosophy is something. Yeah, we saw it last year. I remember a game against New Orleans. Herb Jones is not known as <laughs> yep. a three point shooter. Hit like seven in the game because they just keep kept leaving him. Like okay, well Herb Jones not going to knock down his shot. He kept knocking him down, and they're like eventually he's going to miss, and he never missed, and they never adjusted, and that's the kind of stuff that we see time and time again with Taylor Diggins and his coaching staff. And I think, I know he's young, but I mean, he's been there a while now, man. It's time to start seeing some improvement. And I haven't seen a lot of growth from him. Like like the issues that he's had, he's pretty much still had the same issues. He's good in some areas. Um, I I think they've done a good job in player development. Uh, but, But I'm starting to think that Taylor might be a better coach for an up-and-coming development team that he is for a then team that's to the next actually level. ready to take it to the next level and actually ready to win a title. We'll, we'll see, but I'm starting to feel like that that might be the case with him. Man, um, when you just look at this Grizzlies team, I know, again, we talked about the injuries. We know about everybody being out. I don't see an identity. I see the same uh, why you know I see the same defense. It's just leaving guys wide open. I mean, teams are shooting like – 
like honest to God, they are probably the worst three point defending team in the NBA. Are they not? I would think they. I haven't looked at the numbers, oh, but I would think so far right they Let would have. See. They would have to be. I, I don't see there's any. Oh, only, I think one, a, oh, only one team's worse, and that's Indiana. They're giving up forty three point nine percent from the three, as Memphis is giving up forty three point four. Yeah, I mean cow. that's just just not going to cut it, man. I mean, a uh, a really good team shoot thirty seven to thirty eight percent, man. You got that team shoot in the forties. I mean, you're not going to. You just can't win games that way. I mean, you and I, I don't understand it because it's elementary stuff when you watch it you just see every single time man they, they're running away from the three-point line guys walk up a lot of times they don't even want to take the shot they're like man they're gonna see me this wide open i guess i gotta take you could they, they'll sit there and look at like okay i gotta take this shot like it it's bad man and i, and I don't want to say it because this is something that we've seen time and time again we saw it in the playoffs against the lakers last year uh they just refused to guard three-point line man Rui more is not a guy that's known oh, yeah, as no a three-point gunner and he just Ate them up last year from the perimeter, man. It's it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating to watch, and I think in being in the situation that they're in now and being so short-handed and undermanned, it, it just makes it makes it even worse. Well, Grizzlies got two more road games before they come back to the house. Uh, the next house game is against uh, Miami, but they got the Trailblazers on Friday and Sunday. Hopefully they can get that dub. But, man, I'm tired of talking about the Grizzlies right now. <laughs> Tell me something <laughs> yeah, it's, good. It's pretty, it's pretty depressing, man. It, 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 it is. No doubt it, about is. That. it is. Especially because of how excited everybody was. Um, you know, like there were times like everybody, you know, everybody in Memphis was like, all right, y'all see, when Ja comes back, Steven Adams is healthy, Marcus Smart's here, Desmond Bain's going to take that next step, Tripp's doing his thing. Like everybody was pumped. And yeah, now it's man. just like, damn. But now to the Tigers. Everybody's saying this is Penny's best team. Not, I mean, everybody. Heck, even I think what it was, I think it was like Andy Katz or whatever was talking about like this is the best team you know Penny's ever assembled at all. I'm like, damn, big guys are even (laughs) saying this stuff. Um, Is the are are these facts? I I, I think so. Um, And and Andy Katz said they're a sleeper Final Four team. That's right. Uh, So he yeah. So anytime you don't usually have the the big guys on Memphis Mm -hmm. like that. So I, I think that kind of tells you what type of talent this roster has and i've said this time and time again i mean they look fantastic in the the exhibition against lane um i i just love the mix of of veterans and young guys uh i i love the addition of saquon Walton. i think david jones is gonna so that's, what people, I, that's where i wanted to ask you are is he turning into to basically maybe that like their you know first or second option i i think so like i i think he's good enough to be the best player on this team I also think Daquan Walton is good enough to be the best player on this team. And David Jones, though, is a guy that he does it all. I mean, he rebounds, he can score, he, he can get his own shot, um, he, he can knock it down from the perimeter. I mean, he's he's fantastic, man. I think I, I think he's a dark horse candidate for AC Player of the Year. Um, I, I think he has that type of talent. I think he can kind of be in that De- DeAndre Williams role if they don't get him back. I think he can have that type of impact on this team. They just have – a lot of players, man. A lot of depth. That, uh, okay, just to get to the guards because you talked about Jayquan. I mean, like, like, sure. uh, I mean, are, do they have some of the best guards in the country? Then, yeah, man. You, you have experience, man. A guy like Javon Quinterly, who's been around since his fifth year, man. That that's been around that long, man. He's been played in the SEC, man. Been in high level basketball. He's been a starter. He's been off the bench. If the, the only thing question with him is staying healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb Mills is another guy who. I think being on, on, a, on a bad Florida State team, you saw what he could do at yeah, Houston. He can, and, and, and that's the thing about 
and, and that's the thing about a lot of these guys. Most of these these guys were like the, the best player on bad teams. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come together to, to form a good team. But they're all really good players, and I think some of their numbers, like you see some of the efficiency stuff that you will hear what kind of when people say negative things about them. But I think a lot of that had to do with them being the man on the teams and having to take a lot of bad shots to kind of bail people out. Like you look at Caleb Mills' numbers, <coughs> excuse me, percentage-wise, they didn't look great the last couple of seasons, but I just think those Florida State teams were so so bad that he, he was put in a lot of bad situations a lot of times. I think you've got to see more of the Houston version of Caleb Mills than you saw from what you saw from him in Florida State. So you talk about that backcourt is tremendous, man. Both of those guys, Quinley and, and Mills, can both handle the basketball. Uh, I, I, and I haven't even mentioned Jordan Brown, who was the D5 player of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to dominate in, in, especially in the American Conference. I, I don't think there's anybody that can really deal with him down low. And I think some of these young guys, uh, Aston Hardaway is a guy who people didn't have a lot of expectations for this season. Uh, but but I, I think this, he I think shoot. he's really going to help because he can shoot the basketball. You can always, always be shooting. So I think he's going to be, he's going to play a little bit more than people think. And I think Carl Sharon fed. Uh, but another freshman, I think he's going to find his way because it's going to be hard to keep him off the floor because he just plays so damn hard, man. He's going to find his way on the floor. So this team has a lot of depth. Um, I, I'm excited about about this team, and, and they have the schedule, man, to to, to kind of put themselves in position. That's going to be the question, though. Penny basically said that this non-con schedule is our season, so and they, and they know how important that is. So they've got to get the ground running. Uh, but usually Penny's team starts slow when they look like, it takes time to build chemistry, and you really felt like that would probably be the case this year. But I know it was Lane College, but watching them in that game, and they didn't even have Quinley um, in that game, they they looked to have really great chemistry. Didn't seem to be a lot of disjointedness on on the roster. They seemed like they're ready to go, man. So uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a, a big year for this team, and I, I think anything short of a second weekend, I think would be a, a tremendous disappointment with this roster. With all the, basically, the dudes on this team, I mean, not only is it, you know, a very veteran-laden team, an older team, but again, it's deep. Who do you think, though, does he, how do you, I mean, how do you, you know, whittle this down to the top, you know, your your eight best dudes, and who are they? Man, that's that's the thing with Benny, man. Benny, we know he can, he can play a lot of dudes, man. Uh, And with, with this amount of talent, man, I think, I think that's probably going to continue. Um, I, I think that's kind of been one of the knocks on Penny that he doesn't kind of shorten that rotation down. And, and I, I think he has more talent this year than he's, he's ever had. So I, I would be surprised if we saw a shorter rotation. I think he's going to play most of these guys. And I guess you just kind of look and see how the season plays out and get a better stuff out of who those those eight guys are. But I, I think this team goes deeper than eight. Um, I, I think this team is like 10 deep mm-hmm. um, on the roster. And if you could – Man, if you could have Keandre Williams, happy? Man, that, I mean, that's the question. I mean, anytime you have this type of roster and this type of talent, you have to do a great job of, of managing ego. But I, I think Penny, uh, of all people, is one of the, the, the best coaches to have the ability to do that. I think he definitely has the ability to manage egos because he's been there. I mean, he's an NBA guy. He's been on teams with other stars. He played with Shaq. He understands kind of how to balance that. And I think guys respect him. I mean, you see guys that didn't even play here, uh, come back here and work out with Penny in the summer. I mean, he's a player's guy, so I, I think he can he can figure that out. Uh, but and he and, he, and if you talk to guys, and Malcolm Dandridge has talked about this time and time again over the offseason, how unselfish this team is, and that they even no matter who's on the floor, they're all going to be pulling for each other, man, because they know the the 
team is the sum of its parts. The team is only as strong as the sum of its parts, and that this team understands that. And it seems like he's taking a shot at some of the former teams that they've had there that didn't feel that way, that, that people had their own agendas. But if you listen to him to a man right now, they're, they're talking the right talk, man. They're saying that, that all these, these guys are on the same page and all they care about is winning. So hopefully that's how it plays out, man, because I, they definitely have the talent to, to make a run. And I, I think Penny is a, a tremendous coach. I know a lot of people say he can't coach. I don't think that's true at all. Um, and, and I think this is going to be their best season. I think they make a sweet 16. That's going to be my prediction right now. Man, they got one on Monday, one more exhibition against Jackson State. Then next Friday, season starts over in uh, Columbia, Missouri, as they play the Missouri Tigers. Uh, can't wait for a little uh, college hoops. Right now, I need some Tigers in my life, the way the Grizzlies are going on. I know you're talking tons of Grizzlies over to eat those Grizzlies. Tell me where, t- tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, man, definitely. Like you said, man, you got it. Eat those Grizzlies. Uh, we're, we're pumping out content over there all throughout the week. Um, definitely we'll be back tomorrow night with a post game. Hopefully after the Grizzlies' first victory of the season up in Portland. Uh, so be on the lookout for that at Ethos Grizzlies over there. Give us a like and a follow. You can find me at TigerSportsReport.com. Also on my personal Twitter page at Isaac double underscore NBA. Man, Isaac, thank you so much for your time and good luck with your Cowboys who play the Eagles this week, my friend. Yeah, man, big one this weekend, man. Thanks. Hopefully, hopefully they can buck the trend, man. It always seems like they come up small in spots like this, but they got to they got a real opportunity, man, to turn this thing around. They win that game, man. They can take control of the division. So looking forward to it, man. Thanks, man. Talk to you next week. That is my buddy Isaac Simpson. We're going to take a quick timeout. Don't forget, 12 o'clock, we got Evie Man Pelt. 12.30, we had Hardenwood because it feels so good. And about 12.50, I'm going to give you some bets. Make you some money. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Here once again is Johnny Radio. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up daddies. He know he won't have it. He knows his whole back to these roads. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. I got Brian Dake. It's Johnny Hill in the house, man. Big thanks to Isaac Simpson. We talked about the Grizzlies, the Tigers. We're fired up about them Memphis Tigers, man. They open up the season next Friday, November 10th, in Missouri against the Missouri Tigers. Tiger on Tiger, little, little action. Now, speaking of action, I got a game that's pretty interesting. And um, I think my buddy Mark Bartlett down at a Meadowbrook Country Club is going to be a little bit mad at me. Because, you know, the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State's getting 16 points against South Carolina. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, I think this is a great little spot. I don't know if you know this. Jackson State is just as good on the offensive and defensive line as South Carolina. Now, Spencer Rattler, is he the better quarterback? Yes. But secondaries, defense, all, every, all the positions, except for maybe Trey Knox and Spencer Rattler. But you give me 16 points. Jacksonville State, I'm going to take those bad boys. So I hope Mark Bartlett over at Meadowbrook Country Club isn't mad at me because his future son-in-law is Trey Knox. But I will tell you, Mark Bartlett over at Meadowbrook Country Club at 1250 West Broadway, it's 10 minutes from downtown Memphis just across the bridge. Meadowbrook Country Club, it's been private since 1959. 
Well, it's now semi-private. You can become a member for a day for just $59. That includes your tax, the carts included, 18 holes, par 71, championship Bermuda greens, four tee boxes. It's awesome. But if you want to become a member, like if you live in downtown or midtown, if you live near that near there, it is easy to get there. And it's only $350 a month. And that doesn't just include golf. But that includes pickleball, their swimming pool, their tennis courts, their great restaurant, and their amazing bar that serves the best Tito's Bloody Mary around. Again, the pro of their Mark Bartlett, he is a elite fitter for Shrikshan clubs. They get custom mades. Their specs are like order specs. It's amazing. There's only three elite fitters in Memphis in the Mid-South. Mark Bartlett's one of them. Just across the bridge over in West Memphis, Meadowbrook Country Club. Check it out. Give them a call. Set a tea time, 870-394-4186. On the other side, we're talking with Evie Van Pelt about them Ole Miss Rebels currently in the CFP rankings, 10th in the country. They got a big game this week against Texas A&M. 11 a.m. start. I'm going to be in the Grove about 8.30 in the morning, meaning I'm going to be tore up all day long, all day strong. I'm putting in that work on Saturday, baby. Evie Van Pelt from the Rebel Walk. (laughs) From the Rebel Walk is next. Sports 56, 98.5 FM.